Number one is focus on earning. Mm-hmm. And then number two is cut out unnecessary stuff. Yeah. And we had to say no at one point to gymnastics. We yep. had to say no to club volleyball. We had to say no to those things. Did they hurt your heart as a parent? Absolutely. But also today we're able to say yes to college. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland with a J on the end. Yo, what's up? How you doing, friend? Edward Copeland with a J on the end? Yeah. What's That's happening, not true, friend? actually. <laughs> I just wanted to rhyme because I'm okay. a hip-hop enthusiast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not yeah. a lyricist yourself. You leave hey, that you know, to the I've professionals? Had, I, I've had moments where I'm, I, I, I've been really lyrically inclined you know, to like bust a rhyme I want this all to day, stop. all the time. I want this to stop right now. Stop it. <laughs> Why are you trying to block my shine? Oh, you see how that rhymed? It did. <laughs> Time shine. Come on. People, you guys heard that, right? Yeah. All right. People are, right now, people I are like, have secondhand people are, embarrassment. People for are you. like going, oh, like, like Nobody it's like eight that. mile all over again. Nobody is doing that, Eminem, yeah. <laughs> at all. You're also not white. So I don't know. Well, where. Let me ask you, well, who's your favorite rapper of all time? Oh, this is hard. Go, go. I do think, speaking of Eminem, we both agree he's extremely talented. Absolutely. Is that your, um, is that your final answer? I love Jay-Z. Okay. He's my that's favorite. All, that's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess we're married. <laughs> uh, so do you have a what in the world? Yes. Speaking of rap and hip hop. Okay. Right? So we were recently at a wedding. Oh, I and know this where is, this is And going. this wedding was amazing. We had a great time. Huh. And you know, at a wedding, you get different genres of music, right? Okay. You get the fast-paced pop. You get some R and B. It depends you get, what kind of you wedding get, you go to. You get some to. old school stuff. You, then you get your dance music, right? So you get your like, where, where it's like everybody comes on the dance floor, right? Okay. And they do like um, the the Cupid Shuffle, uh-huh. right? Uh, or they do the what are some of the other names? Uh, okay, the Electra it depends, slide. Though, if you're at a black wedding, you're gonna do the Cupid Shuffle. Right. You're gonna do the wobble. Oh, this is not. Gonna, this is not everything. Every, I mean, this some not of everybody them, does. Um, my sister's <laughs> getting married on Saturday. We're bringing <laughs> everything. Right? All right, so you get the wobble wobble, okay. right? Um, and then and then you get like these different songs. Uh-huh. So. People are going back and forth. If your song comes on, you go to the dance floor. Right. If you're like, oh, I'm not really feeling this song, you know, you step off. Uh-huh. But someone walked on the dance floor, and as you were walking on the dance floor, there was a particular song on, right? Uh-huh. And it happened to be a. Are old... you talking about me? Yeah. Can I just finish the story? Uh, I'm trying to okay. follow and yeah, track. I'm, I'm tra- sorry. No, you're tracking. Okay. So I was walking on the dance floor. Okay. You were coming on the dance floor with excitement. Okay. And someone walked towards me and said, why does your wife only get on the dance floor when there's hood music? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I said, hood music. I said, you know what? That is a natural fact. Uh-huh. Like every time the dog pound was on, every uh-huh. time Snoop Dogg Dad's was on, uh-huh. every time there was a song that, you know, had to do with hood 
you know, mentality. Uh-huh. <laughs> you run the dance floor. Why is that? Super quick. Why is that? Because you're my, my Carson wife. You're okay. from the hood. That's okay. I could <laughs> so be that throwing was, up gang so, signs right somebody now. Somebody said, yeah, your wife always hits the dance floor when there's hood music on. I said, you know, you're right. What like, I heard was <laughs> you said, Taki, look at my Carson wife on the dance floor. <laughs> Singing along to and I'm gonna this tell you, inappropriate song. This may be something people don't know about me. I'm from Carson. I don't care. I just... <laughs> If some if DJ Quick came on, I'd oh, be up I know. all over that. I was hoping that I hope DJ Quick came AMG. Up. I, I'm yep, sorry. Yeah, Mossberg. There we go. So here we go. There you have it. <laughs> no shame. Ain't no ain't no future in my friend. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah. There's always songs. I think that's a tough gig as a DJ. Like you play the songs yeah. you think are gonna get people up, but you gotta know your crowd. You gotta know your crowd. You do. Like if yeah. you play Earth, Wind, and Fire, all the old folks are gonna mm-hmm. get up. And the young folks, too, if you teach your kids right, you know what good music is, right? Right. And so at one point, you know, I was dancing with Jordan, teaching her how to do the cha-cha. I handed her over to Leon, your mom's uh, boyfriend. She was thoroughly impressed with Leon's skills. He's got quick feet. He's He's great. He's got quick feet. Shout out to Leon. If they had a draft for dancing, he'd go first round. If you had a dad that was going to like battle on the dance floor with you, I would choose Leon. Sorry, dad. I love you. I'm choosing Leon. Leon's great. Yeah. He at one point went down into like a prince split with like one leg bent, came back up. Like it was yeah. flawless. Yeah. You know, you know, neck up. Leon's just a cool, smooth guy. Neck, feet down. He, it's like, <laughs> it's like one of those things where you see like his feet moving and you're like, oh, oh he's wow. Grooving. I didn't know that that was, you know, possible. Possible. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, 100%. I feel First like round draft pick on the dance floor. Leon. Leon. I feel like you look at him with so much envy because you're like, you always say something like, how do people's feet move so quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was I'm, fun. Yeah, I'm more of a group. He he was yeah. That was he was doing tricks. So beautiful wedding. Shout beautiful. out to Nakia and Lamont, yes. our cousins that got married. Now this week we're getting ready. You're getting ready to officiate your third wedding. Yep. Um, for another one of my siblings, you're yeah. welcome for welcoming you into this really cool family that trusts you to, to put me to work, be the union creator. <laughs> no. Um, and so we're gonna have a lot of fun. Richland and Mitchell are getting married on October eighth, yeah, twenty twenty two. I'm in the wedding. You're in the wedding. Jordan's in the wedding. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and we're gonna dance our faces off. Yeah, it's gonna only be fun. part. Um, only problem is the wedding has to be over at ten for like noise ordinances. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we're gonna start partying earlier. Oh. Anyways, um, here's my what in the world. Uh, this is a poll for everybody watching, listening. I just want to know when you are driving in your own car, speaking of music, you've got your own music that you want to listen to, that mm-hmm. you can rock out, mm-hmm. jam out to, yeah. whatever you do. When you have passengers in your car, where are you going with this? Do you change the music? <laughs> because my wonderful husband doesn't change the music. Right now, he's so fixed on Burna Boy. Yeah, love all Burna day long. Boy. That's great. All they love, but that's the only the thing man. that you play. And so I just I brought to your attention today with so with so much love. That, you know, when you get in the car, when other people get in your car, it's like a welcome mat. You roll out a welcome mat. You don't just play the music you want to hear. You play music that will help other people get involved and like get their vibe right too. You don't. So are you saying like I'm like the worst Uber driver ever? Like I would get in my Uber (laughs) car. You're like, like we've been in Ubers that were like, oh, this person, this is what they want to listen to. And, that, and that's fine. If you're driving yeah. all day, I think so. But that's my question. Like, for those of you <laughs> listening, do you care? Do you have a conscious, like, 
Uh, do you make a conscious effort to entertain the passengers in your vehicle? The answer for my husband is no. No. The answer for me is yes. If you get yeah. in the car, like if your mom this got in the, the car. This is the concept that you just introduced Let me, to me. finish. Okay. If you're, I know, it's, it's new. That's why I want to take a poll. If your mom got in the car with me, I know that your mom and I have Motown in common. I know that if I play any Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, Gap Band, like she's right. going to have the most enjoyment of her life. Right. So what do I do? I play uh -huh. that stuff when your mom gets in the car, okay. right? If you get in the car, I know you want to hear Burn a Boy. Fine, I'm going to put that on <laughs> for you, right? But I'm probably going to put something on that's equally as enjoyable, probably a little bit of Jay-Z, right? Right. If the kids are in my car, this is a fact. This is like every parent, every mom, I think, does this. Your kids are in your car. Everybody's on their phone. You're driving. You know if music is important to your family, what tracks to put on to get everybody's attention. Mm -hmm. For me, for our family, it's Jay-Z. It's uh, Beyonce. It's um, Bruno Mars. It's Alicia Keys. It's Usher. If I put that on. Within 30 seconds, everyone's phone's down and everyone's singing at the top of their lungs. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to play this game. <laughs> you don't. So I just kindly brought it to your attention, right? Yeah. And we laughed so hard because you were like oblivious to the fact that this is something you should actually make an effort. Can towards. I just state my case? Just state your case, okay. babe. So I was under the impression that when you were driving your vehicle and you're you're doing, your rules? Yeah, no, not so much, but you're doing a lot of work. Right, you you're you're navigating. You're trying to ensure that people get from A to B safely. Okay. Right, and so I I believe that that gives you the authority to to manage the music. Right, okay. and so so you want you one play, more thing to you, do? No, you play the music that helps you get through the process of okay. driving and all that stuff. I thought that was the case, and then I also thought. Well, since you're in my car, let me introduce you to my music. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. So that you could be indoctrinated to something brand new. You know what would have been a better, like I thought you were going to, if it's my <laughs> car and I'm already responsible for driving and navigating and getting us there, that's one less thing I don't want to worry about. Then I was going to say, well, then pass over the DJ responsibilities to the passenger. Now, I do do that. You know, I always say, hey, play what you want to play. I give, I give my phone to the kids. I say, play whatever you want to play. Mm. Under the confines that this is my Apple Music. Right. So, yeah. Play what's in my playlist. <laughs> no. Play only my top 25 no. most recently played. That's you. Stick to the, the part that says yeah. recently played. So play Jordan those. and I, the other day when you were not in the car, I said, if you got in dad's car, what are the top 25 songs? She said, oh, I know for sure I'm going to hear X, Y, Z. Like we literally named an entire playlist that we know we're going to experience when we're in your car. So I have just want to say you're I predictable. Not, have I not introduced new so music you guys, to you? So guys, today after this conversation, <laughs> we get in the car and all of a sudden it's like a genre of music that I would play if I were trying to get everybody pumped up, right? And I look over at him and he's just like, mm -hmm. I heard you. Well, so I and put I music, and that. I put music on and I looked at you to see. Was this your vibe? And then you stole my playlist. No, no, it wasn't your playlist. You stole my playlist was, all the time. And it wasn't your playlist. Okay. It happened to be Tony's playlist. My brother. Oh, <laughs> see, Tony and I have the same music interest. You asked him? No, he I just took an old Love playlist it. that he has shared with me. Love it. See? Love Tony. Yeah. See? Okay. Moving on. <laughs> uh today's episode is gonna be about money. And money is a touchy subject. Money is something that stresses people out. We have had 
more than our fair share of money and financial setbacks, mm-hmm. lots of stress around money, money and kids, money and marriage, money and work and jobs and just like money and business. Like there's so many uh, issues that can come up around money, yeah. right? Yeah. And recently we shared a video on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we mentioned on the Push podcast with we have longtime listeners here. So you probably know we spent three months looking for an apartment for Kayla. We talked about this in a previous episode in Scotland. Mind you, yes, she goes to college in Scotland. Yes, Jasmine goes to college in Riverside. And Jordan's getting ready to graduate. And she's applying to five colleges to go to London. Yes, we will have three kids in college at the same time. Yes, it's expensive and stressful. But yes, we've had to do lots of planning and preparing to make sure we're not going into debt or ready to kill ourselves by having three kids in college. One thing I want to say is like, you knew the kids were growing. You knew that they were going to have to pursue their education. We wanted to be able to provide a future to them that we didn't have the opportunity to have. So that was our biggest goal as parents. I think we shared that was what can we do to set them up to have opportunities we didn't have? What can we do to help um, nourish them so that way they can continue to grow and learn and then become thriving adults that don't have to worry about like finding a great job and supporting themselves. Basically, we wanted to raise kids that were not going to be a problem for us financially. Yeah, and I think that we wanted them to have options, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think when you have the right education and then when when you have the ability to pursue something that um, you've worked hard to get great at. We wanted them to have that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have kids that love theater. They work really hard at it. And so we have really been explicit around, we're going to invest in you because that that's what you should do when someone has a, a skill or a gift or mm-hmm. a talent that they're willing to cultivate. And they have been showing that they wanted to do that. So right. we wanted to We make also sure that, threaten them. Yeah. Like, and then we have, we also threaten them. Then we have- What does that mean? What? When we I say we threaten them. When you, when like, like we're going to show up and invest oh, in you. Oh yeah, and you better show up. In exchange, you need to invest in yourself and like not yeah, waste and, our and, money and take it seriously. And then we have Jasmine, who, from an academic standpoint, has done phenomenal and is pursuing more of the academics and wants to get into law. And so there is an investment there as well. Mm-hmm. And so they have known that this has been a kind of a transaction of sorts. That it's super important that they f- fulfill their end of the bargain. Yeah. You know? So. so so the point um, is, but, but uh, the point is, is when it comes to money, I would say that we took this really seriously. Mm-hmm. Like we we knew that um, you have a story of saying that, hey, your mom didn't have a nest egg for you. Uh, I knew that that wasn't in the cards for for me, and I didn't even necessarily ask for it. But I think that seeing and being in an environment where other people we knew had like, oh wow, there's a college fund for you. You're, oh, your parents helped yeah. set you up. And whether you think it's wrong or right, or and, and I know that we're getting into an age where education or formal education through college is not something that people value. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the world still needs lawyers. We need doctors. We need people entertainers. that are entertainers. We need all these different things. And I think that there's something, there's value still in a formal education. And so we wanted to make sure our kids had the option of doing that. Right. Most importantly, though, I think because we didn't have those opportunities, that became really important to us. Right. Yeah. We didn't graduate from college. We still figured out how to develop grit and resilience. And, you know, we had to go through all these money issues as young married, a a young married couple, young parents to figure out like how to play the game of money and how to save and invest and 
um, and all of that. And so we did a 90 minute uh, money mastery class a couple of months ago. If you guys are interested in that, we'll link that in the show notes. It's $29 and we walk you through how we went from bankruptcy to building a business and then leveraging credit and then being able, like I said, to purchase an investment, our first investment property in Scotland for our daughter who goes to school, uh, Kayla. And so here's kind of where I want to start this. A couple weeks ago, we posted a video. I'm sorry. A week ago, I posted a video on, you know, kind of the behind the scenes, why we were um, purchasing a property in Scotland for Kayla, who goes to college there. And basically, it was because we had no other option. Like, we spent three months looking for a property for her. We kept applying for these um, apartments. We kept getting denied for many reasons. There's like a housing crisis. There's no properties available for every property that does come on the market that's vacant. There's like... 30 to 75 applicants and we just kept getting outbid. Yeah, and so it, it wasn't like they were necessarily declined is that they just took chose a someone else. They chose yeah. different people. And so um that's something that's happening in that part of the of the, of the world, I was going to say the country, but that mm-hmm. part of the world. Uh and so we had to respond to that and and then think outside the box. So, so she basically had us- a flight that was sending her back to Scotland and she was going to go back and have nowhere to live. Right. And so out of desperation, I was like, okay, what can we do? Uh, We first looked into cities outside of that. And then we were like, okay, we don't feel comfortable. She doesn't have a car. She doesn't drive. She's going to be walking like an hour to school every day. So randomly one night at midnight, I started Googling like properties in Scotland. Can Americans purchase properties in the UK? Turns out there's no restrictions. Great. Next step for me, how much did properties cost? Do we have to secure a loan? Like, what do we do? Long story short, I post this video on TikTok that walks through the process. Like, here's what we did. Here's who we worked with. I flew out there. We bought her some uh, furniture. We got some things for her house, got her all situated, moved her in. Now we're thankful. She's safe. She's got a roommate. And, you know, the day is saved. Yeah. I never thought in a million years that people would be like, oh, rich people problem <laughs> must be nice. Y'all are rich. Wish my parents did this for me. Oh, this is this is rich money right here. Right. And I just was kind of blown away by it because I would not say that we're rich by any means. Well, can we just say that one of our goals for this year was to is get to our be first rich? <laughs> was to get our first investment property, mm. right? And so we talked about that and then this kind of and this is one of those things where obstacle after obstacle and led us to an opportunity mm-hmm. that we never necessarily thought that would, would shape out. And it's one of those things when I just kind of just like a pause on, on where we're going. But sometimes you set goals and you you have aspirations. You have no idea what it's going to look like. Right. Who would have known that we would say, oh, an actual international property mm-hmm. would be the property that we would actually invest right. in. <laughs> I mean, I think we were mostly thinking about like local, local, and then we kind of flirted with the idea of out of the state. But like some, so I would say when you have goals, sometimes they will show up and, and manifest themselves in versions that you didn't necessarily right. think of. So just kind of want to give that little um, tip. But yeah, it, like it's interesting the things that people say on like TikTok and, and like different social media and how mm-hmm. people respond to things. Uh, and I think we we talked about it in a, a couple episodes back of like what people will say they oh I would never spend that kind of money. Right. It's almost the same thing of saying, "Oh, that must that must be nice that you know to be rich." And I'm right. like, "Is that rich?" Right. And my issue with that is like, what do you like you're seeing kind of the 
finished product, yeah. if you will, right? You saw that we bought a property in Scotland. Let me just say it's not that much, right? right. Compared compared to it was what a properties deal compared to still yeah. of a deal compared to anything that we looked at in California, right. still of a deal. So if we were already in the market for an investment property and it just kind of worked out out of desperation and it was half the price of something we would have bought in California, to me that's a deal. Let's go ahead and figure it out, right? But what's interesting to me is people see people winning and then they don't know the backstory. Mm -hmm. And so then they say things like, oh, it must be nice to be rich, rich people problems, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, should I take the time to tell you how we grew up? <laughs> should I take the time to explain to you that just 12 years ago we filed bankruptcy right. and had to start at zero? Should I take the time and let you know that when our kids were in gymnastics and we had to pull them out and I was crying on the floor because I felt like a terrible parent that that I in that moment, I didn't feel rich then. Right. Like, should I take the time to explain that to someone on TikTok? And the answer is no. Right. But because we are people of service, we thought it would be of service for us to talk to you about what it felt like to be broke what it feels like now to be a little bit of a winner and yeah. to try to like have different priorities to make sure that we can continue to grow. And then it, it's interesting because I can't wait to see what will happen if in the future we're able to accomplish some of the other dreams that we have. It's almost yeah. like stay off of social media because you get shamed if you have money. But then do you get celebrated if you're broke? Like, I don't know how that works. Well, it's it really is comes down to like so many people have gotten into this place of comfort of just placing judgment on mm -hmm. things that they see and yeah. not necessarily looking at it from a, a place of curiosity of saying, well, how did you do that? Right. Like, what made you do that? Like, it, it would be different if people, some people ask questions, right? Right. But some people just make a solid found, like a solid end, end to end judgment, mm -hmm. uh, you know, must be nice, rich people problems. Right. Like, my parents didn't have this. Y'all must right. come from money type right. of thing. Right. And so people have like, it is so interesting, like how people can just like not even like move to a place of questioning and asking mm -hmm. questions and say, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting and cool. They just move to a place of judgment. Right. And so I think we have to unpack it for people, to, for them to really like, OK, this is where it all kind of led to and how we got there. Right. Right. So talk to me about being broke because we were broke. Yeah. For a good portion of our marriage. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had bad spending habits, Bad spending habits. You know, we we jumped into a home that we basically couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember like looking at and saying, OK, every time we may make a payment, we needed two paychecks mm -hmm. at least for that pay period to pay the mortgage. Um, it, so we needed to have both of our paychecks. And two, tw two of them right. in order to pay the one mortgage. So we needed four paychecks. We needed basically or four. two from you, and then a and portion then, of the right. next one, right? right? And so it was one of those things where we were overextended. We were overextended, right? Mm -hmm. And so what all that does is like put you in this rat race where you start moving money around and not necessarily charging move. groceries. Yeah, you start. You're not moving forward. You're just trying to survive. Yeah. And so I know that people right now that are in that place where. Every decision they're making is just putting off the inevitable. Mm -hmm. And the inevitable is, is, a, is a collapse, right? It's a disaster right? waiting so to happen. We had a $5,000 mortgage. You know, it took, you know, what, my paycheck, your paycheck, and another paycheck in order to pay it. And then you have car notes, and then you have insurance, and then you have phone Expenses bills, you have kids. utilities, you have kids, you have all these things. Childcare. And before you know it, like you're, uh, you're in the red right. every single month. Well, you're drowning. And then you just mount debt, right? right? 
And so can I just clarify, we got in that position because we didn't have a solid foundation. No, like nobody set us up to win. I mean, I had good credit. Right. right. But then I was like, oh, I got good credit so I can take out credit. Right. Which right. is why we bought a house that we couldn't really afford because I qualified for it. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you're starting to build this foundation on poor habits. And there was only a matter of time before it was going to collapse. Can we reframe it? Because I think we understand that not having the foundation was important. Mm -hmm. But the idea of the American dream getting married and then we we felt like we had to rush to get a home mm -hmm. right and so this is right before the housing uh, market collapsed and they were basically giving homes to everybody without anything down but then like, ballooning <laughs> your mortgage and then you had like an arm mortgage and then like this adjustable rate that when it adjusted it was like like you know health was like you know coming to get you yeah. and so like I, I want to make sure we do that because we we kind of jumped at the idea of this. What we thought we should be what doing. What we sh thought we should be doing by any means necessary. Yeah. And we didn't necessarily like think it all the way through. Can I also say, though, that we were good earners. Right. Like we believe in our capability. We were constantly getting promoted at work. We were willing to put in the work, which we thought was rewarding. Right. But every time we got rewarded with a raise or a bonus or something like that. We were like, we deserve to go on vacation or we deserve to buy a house because we want our kids to grow up in a nice right. area. Like we were justifying these poor spending habits because of the American dream and what we thought that we were supposed to be providing for our kids. Right. right? And then and then the poor money habits of, of saying, well, when I we made more, what do we do? We oh, spent more. Spent more, built, you know, bought a different car, bought a house, right. like do, do all these things to basically exhaust that increase. Right. right. And so- um, those are things I think that, you, you know, they take time to get to a better place, but I just want to make sure that we like, we take responsibility 100%. for what we were, but we know that that foundation is super important, yeah. which we've changed generationally with our kids. Right. And we've changed that generationally with them by setting up, you know, their credit to help them win by teaching them how to invest very young. Basically all of the things that we had to learn the hard way right. in our thirties and forties. Right. right. And so like talking about being broke, I think we've been there. So being broke, I think, is when you're living check to check. Would mm -hmm. you agree? Yeah. Uh, not enough to cover the basics without going into debt. Maybe your credit starts to kind of falter and you have nothing to leverage because you can't pull credit in the event of an emergency. And basically, it's just like staying above water if you yeah. can. Yeah. Rich, I think rich is having a great deal of money or assets being more plentiful and abundant but also potentially still living check to check. Like you've got more money, you're a higher earner, but maybe you spend because now you're making more. Yeah, I think there's a clear distinction between like you're taking advantage of the luxuries of life because of your high earning, mm -hmm. but it is not turning into wealth, so to speak, right? So we'll kind of break down. So the reality is, is majority of people in the United States compared to the rest of the world are, is rich, mm -hmm. right? Just you if, you, if you have luxuries and amenities. Well, just have perspective, mm -hmm. right? Because there are certain people in, in, in places of China and places of different parts of the emerging economies that live off of very little income mm -hmm. for the year and having an American salary would, would change their life. They would be living like a king or a queen. But, but for most people that are like middle to upper class, it's considered some type of rich, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you have a really nice vehicle. Maybe you have a home, 
um, that is, you know, 2,000 plus square feet or 3,000 square feet. Maybe mm-hmm. you have two cars. Um, maybe you have the option to to buy designer clothes, mm-hmm. right? Um, like jewelry, jewelry, get your nails done. Get your nails done. Like, so those are things that I think that you can consider yourself rich, right? Mm-hmm. So you are able to exercise your income. But then there's also a part of being rich is that you now, in order to keep this lifestyle, you have to continue to earn. Right. So you're constantly earn, 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 which may not be a problem for you, but at some point. If you lose your job like we did, that becomes a huge problem. So 100%. you go from being rich to broke, right? Right. And so there's a definition online. Well, it's a note. It says rich people spend a lot of money and often go into debt. Wealthy people, on the other hand, they spend less and they earn and invest and save their money in order to build long term sustainable wealth. Mm. I think that that's a good explanation. Wealthy people typically build their wealth by investing in real estate or by investing in the stock market or companies or other things that will grow their money. Whereas most things that you see online, rich people are spending their money on more material things that are not going to increase their value or increase their money. So wealthy is totally different. Like we aspire to be wealthy one day, right? To me, wealthy is like, hey, we're having a conversation with some other business professionals. They're talking about investing in a real estate development. We think it sounds interesting and potentially lucrative. We are entertaining a conversation like that, maybe because we have money to invest and we're interested in using the money that we have to leverage it to make more money. Yeah, to me, that's wealth. Yeah, if you are able to, I think, let a, a very large amount of sum of money sit somewhere else in some type of an investment in, in a company or some sort, and you're not even concerned with it, mm-hmm. I think that's a level of wealth. When you don't have to personally go out and earn anything and do anything to earn money, I think you're, you're establishing a certain level of wealth. Now, I'm not going to confuse the fact that there are celebrities, there are entertainers that actually make movies that have a great amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. But that I think that's a different, that's a very small percentage of individuals. Um, there are CEOs that are gr- very wealthy, but still work. But a lot of them could stop working today, mm-hmm. take a hiatus for two or three years and say, I'm not going to do anything and still be earning a certain amount of income that would actually, like for most people, change their life forever. So you're saying wealthy is the ability to earn money, but not actually have to go to work and, and like do, anything. do anything. Right. Yeah. I think as long as that. you are constantly having to, you know, what they call the dancing monkey, mm-hmm. right? If you have to do that to maintain your lifestyle, but you have a great lifestyle, that is to me the definition of being rich. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think wealth is a totally different thing where I think we aspire to get to the place where you have options of saying, do I want to do this thing where, you know, it would, you know, fire me up. It would give me some excitement. Maybe it is to be a CEO of a company and you just say, hey, I'm doing this because I love to do it, mm-hmm. but I don't have to do this. Yeah. Right. That's a different lifestyle. And that's a really different you know, mindset of how you approach things, because you think about the motivators that most people have. And those motivators are, I, I need to do this. There's a certain level of desperation. I have to get up every single day to work because the lifestyle that I have created requires me to do this every single day. Mm-hmm. To me, that, that's rich. And, yeah. and then that's okay. But I do think you have to have a plan of saying, okay, how do I get to a place where that's an option for me? I don't yeah. have to do that. Because I think we both agree that re- retirement is not something that we want to do if we find things that we really enjoy doing and if it gives back and if it contributes to the world. Mm -hmm. And I think retirement was designed when our lifespans were shorter 
And it was like, hey, six after 60, like basically you're in your final stages and you should just, you know, get to relax, reap the benefits of all of your hard work. Yeah. And I think we look at people like Warren Buffett. We look at so many older people now. Actors. We were looking up the other day, actors over 90 years old. There's so many. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, like. There's yeah. so many great actors. Clint Eastwood's still making movies, right? Like acting and directing in them. Like Yeah, and he's over he's 90, like 90 right? Insane. And so we don't necessarily want to retire. Like we don't want to get rich to retire. We want to have money to be able to have options, mostly yeah. to create experiences for our kids that will help them be better individuals long term without us. Yeah, and I think, and I also want to kind of just revisit this too, because I think for rich, there's a certain level of mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And so it may not necessarily mean you have a fancy car. It ne may not necessarily mean that you have a fancy house. But if you have the mindset of saying, I know we can you know, take advantage of this opportunity because we have the confidence that we can earn, mm -hmm. that's a certain level of rich too, right? Yeah. And I think that though, there are a lot of people who don't have the confidence that they can earn beyond a nine to five, yeah. right? But I think that we have gotten to a place where we said, hey, not only can we earn in a, in a corporate setting, but I, we believe that we can earn as an entrepreneur and we can say, hey, we can have conversations like we were having earlier. We can say, hey, if we wanted to do this, what would we need to do to earn this X amount mm -hmm. of money in order to have this option or to take advantage of this? Well, in the last podcast episode, challenge? I was telling you, like, I had this dream. Like, what if we traveled for six months? Right. How much would that cost? Like, what would that look like? I want to work towards that. Not necessarily today, but at some point in my life. Right. Right. Another kind of bucket list goal that I have is like, what if we Airbnb out our house to cover expenses and we got an RV and we RV'd throughout the nation for a year and right. saw, you know, all 50 states and stayed there for one week at a time. Like that would be a dream for me to be able to do. At some point, I have to earn enough money to buy a freaking trailer and right. be able to do that. Right. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, this sounds all fine and dandy, but I am really stuck in a rut. I'm not yeah. earning enough. We got you. Um, we want to talk about some things that we would have done differently because, again, we've been at all, not all stages. We're not rich and we haven't got to wealth yet, but we've definitely been feeling like we're at the bottom of the barrel and struggling and right. not making enough to even make ends meet. So we can go back and give ourselves some advice or give you some advice based on where you're at. I think the first thing that I would start with is you got to focus on earning. Mm. Like you've got to find a job that will allow you to increase as you continue to get better at work, right. right? And so if I just look up like top paying jobs without a college degree, first thing that comes up is a patrol officer. Uh, number two, an executive assistant is a high paying job without a degree. A sales representative, which is the route that we decided to go. We got into sales. We got rewarded for being great at being people, right. uh, we were good with conversations, good at selling. And so we were able to earn our way up to a better income, whether that be through bonuses or recognition and promotions, sales was the route that we both took. Number four says a flight attendant is the fourth highest paid job without a degree. They make about $60,000. Number five is an electrician. Number six is a plumber. These are skills that you just need a little bit of school. And these, in, I don't think that these are in order because they're electricians that do really, really well. Right. right. And so I think that these are like, if you, and so I think the thing to also think about is if you are in this situation right now where you are, you're, you're at where we were, mm -hmm. right. Where like is check to check, 
you're not making it. I think the one thing we would say is that you just got to start liquidating. Like you got to start getting to a place where you get super simple and you got to make sacrifices. I mean, we have conversations with folks that are like really struggle with the sacrifice piece, mm -hmm. right? Because they have got to a place where they want to maintain a certain lifestyle, but the lifestyle is not for them yet. Yeah. And so reducing that and changing it and, and cutting back and getting to a place where it fits their means a little bit better uh, is really hard for them to do because we get attached to like the materialistic things in life. And those are the things that drain you dry. Yeah. Like I feel like we went through a stage where when we didn't have money, uh, I did not get my hair done. That's when my hair was darker because I couldn't afford highlights. I never got my nails done. I did my own pedicures. Mm -hmm. I didn't have lashes. I didn't get microblading. I didn't get Botox. I didn't get any of that stuff because it wasn't within our budget. I stopped going to the barbershop yeah. and getting a fade. I just started shaving yeah, the bar. And your fade was like 20 bucks <laughs> was every like, week or yeah, something, yeah. right? But it was like, what can we cut out? What can we get super simple? And I think people are afraid to do that. We, you want started, the nails, we, you want the yeah. makeup, you want to go to the concerts, you want to go out for drinks, you want to have Starbucks every day. And I think that, like I said, number one is focus on earning. Mm -hmm. And then number two is cut out unnecessary stuff. Yeah. And we had to say no at one point to gymnastics. We yep. had to say no to club volleyball. We had to say no to those things. Did they hurt your heart as a parent? Absolutely. But also today, we're able to say yes to college. Yeah, it was so funny. They made me think about it. So I was talking to someone the other day, and he said that um, we were talking about the economy. And, and you know, obviously, we're getting into uncertain times. And he said that his dad worked for a big company um, like Disney. And he said that they ha often had cutbacks, uh -huh. right? And he said he said his dad got cut, got cut from Disney and rehired a few times. And he said that when his dad would get let go, he says dad was never really stressed out, mm -hmm. but he always communicated to the, him and his, his uh, siblings and his family like, hey, this is the time we're in right now. I no longer work for here this company. Here's the adjustments that we need to make, um, but I'm not concerned. I'm sure we're going to I'm going to find mm -hmm. something. And I thought that I was like, wow, like how many parents are out there right now that shield their kids from the reality and I would say that you did a really good job because I probably would have tried to shield them. Like, mm -hmm. okay, don't worry. It's all good. We're still okay, which would have been the right, wrong decision because then you still have to act as if you're still okay. So you mm -hmm. still eat out. You still do these things. Yeah. You still take them. It's a front. But you communicated to them, like, when we were in the really tough, hey, we may have to move. Mm -hmm. We, You know, this is what's happening. And so they had a clear understanding that this is real. This is reality. This is the world that we live in. But it also, like, reset your expectations mm -hmm. uh, as even as young kids and, and then we're talking they were 10 8 and maybe six well at the time they were four six and eight when we were gonna move right and so like i remember sitting them down i and told you like, we, we gotta, gotta make move. it fun and i was like we got some boxes you know we might be moving from our house and they were like why we like our house that was like hurtful yeah. but i was like you know it's gonna be a new chapter for us and you know mom and daddy lost our jobs and we have to figure things out and so for a while, we're not going to be eating out. You know, we're I'm going to be home with you. We're not going to be going to after school daycare. That could be fun. Right? right. And so just trying to find the silver lining. I was dying inside. Right. Like to know that we were going to lose our home. And I remember we went to go look at an apartment. Yeah. Like we were going to go, you guys, from a four a four bedroom house where everybody had their own bedrooms with a pool to we we're about to move in an apartment. Yeah. Like a two bedroom apartment. Right. Right. 
So we went and looked at it and I was crushed. Like mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, God's ripping this stuff from us. And it was just so heartbreaking because you want to provide for your kids, especially yeah. when you grew up and you didn't have a lot. Like I felt like a failure because we were trying so hard to not repeat patterns. Right. And then here we were in the same situation. Right. Yeah. So I remember we pull up at this apartment and, you know, the kids get out and they're like, I like this. This is nice. And then it had stairs and they ran up the stairs and they were like, we love it. We'll take it. (laughs) And then in that moment, I realized they don't care. Right. We just need to provide like a stable environment for them. We can make anything fun and they would be fine with it. Lots of people grow up in apartments like they're fine. Right. Yeah. So then I started to shift the narrative instead of telling myself, like, why, why is this happening to us? That's a victim mentality. I started saying, God is not saying we can't have this stuff. He's saying not yet. Right. You don't get this stuff yet because you haven't learned or developed the habits that I need you to have in order for me to reward you. So what do you need to go back at Ianjanal and learn in order for you to be able to afford the life that you're trying to create for your kids? Yeah. And that was when I let it all go. Yeah, and that to me is super important. Like, like the transparency, the ability to move to acceptance. Because I think that when you keep trying to fight what needs to happen, then you put yourself in a bigger hole, and then it takes longer to get out. For us, it took you know six, seven years to get out. Now it seems like it flashed by, but in the moment it feels like forever. But you know, we still were healthy. We were able to keep our home. Mm -hmm. We made adjustments, and then all of a sudden those adjustments become regular life. But then I think you have to take those learnings and say, okay, we don't want this to happen again. How can we be smarter? What do we need to do differently? And I think over time, all of those things led to better decision-making and then better skills to move towards the future so that we can have this conversation. Yeah. And then we're talking about something that was purchased in another country. Now. Right. So I think the next step, like after you focus on earning, you get simple, you avoid unnecessary spending, put yourself on like a a budget. I think the next step is you got to focus on building your credit. Mm -hmm. Once we had filed bankruptcy, once we lost our jobs, we had to immediately focus on how do we get better? The issue with filing bankruptcy is that's just going to stay on your record for 10 years, 10, sometimes 13 So we had to immediately say, okay, we're going to pay for Experian to send us a credit report like every month because we want to make sure that we know exactly what's on there and we can start to rebuild it. Right. And so in the money mastery class that we have, we talk about rebuilding credit. We talk about snowballing your debt, which I think is number four. Uh, When I say snowball your debt, you got to focus on tackling that. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out what is the thing that's costing us the most right now and how can we pay the minimum on everything else and put as much as we can towards the thing that costs us the most, the highest interest rate, and how do we pay that off? And then once that's paid off, how do we take all of that money and now put it towards the second thing that costs us the most? Yeah. What that will do is one, it'll give you a sense of gratification. And so then it feels good to pay mm-hmm. it because you feel like there's something being accomplished yeah. there. I think the big thing too, is if you can't do experience just to go back, get credit karma, that that's something that we got the kids on really mm-hmm. early. Um, but yeah, snowballing and getting rid of that debt is super important. The tough thing is, is this, you will be faced with the dilemma of paying a tremendous amount of your debt off and then also saving money. Because here's what you don't want. You don't want to get in a situation where you've done such a great job of paying off your debt, but you know, this is life. Things will happen. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, 
you have car issues. Yeah. So all of a sudden you, your house is flooded. All of a sudden these types of things happen. So you have to find ways to save yep. while you're paying that debt off. So that's number five is start saving early. You save because yeah. what you don't want to do is like, oh my God, I paid off all this debt. But now we got to use the same credit card to pay for, for the, the car. Now we got to say we had the $5,000. Remember when we our, our plumbing, plumbing oh, all, everything was backing up. It yeah. was a $5,000 bill that mm-hmm. we couldn't afford. Right. So you now, now you're charging that, yeah. right? And so you have to be saving because what you don't want is the, the things that life can create for you to put you back in debt. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a balance between, okay, I'm going to pay this, but we still have to save because we just don't know. And we want to make sure that we have something to protect us so we don't go backwards. Yeah. And then once you get to a point where you're comfortable kind of saving, you've like knocked out some of the debt, you've got a little bit of like a, a nest egg for like, okay, if something happens up to $2,500, we've got some money in savings. I think the next thing is you have to figure out how to invest. And I think the bare minimum investment that you should make is if you work for a company that will match a contribution to a 401k, pull 2%, 4%, 6%, whatever the max contribution is. And I think you need to put that in a 401k because that's how you can pay for your kid's college. That's how you can buy your first home when it's time for you to afford it. So like, let's say you work for a company like Apple or AT&T or Verizon or whatever, Best Buy does it. You work for a company and they say, uh, we do a match 401k contribution of 5%. You need to take 5%. I know you feel like you can't afford it, but you can, you won't miss it. Uh, You take that 5%, you contribute it into a 401k and now you get free money from the company you work for. Yeah. That's how you double the rate of your savings. And you know that it's a long term. So it's not something you can pull out like on a Friday because you want to go to a concert. But that teaches you good building habits. And it's also free money that's being matched. Yeah. That you wouldn't be able to save 10%. But if you forced yourself to save five, it becomes 10 because of the employer contribution. Yeah. And then this is in, in with 401ks is pre, pre-tax, right? And mm-hmm. so- just put a disclaimer out there that we are not uh, financial uh, experts mm-hmm. from a standpoint of uh, giving you financial advice. But what we will say is 401k can be a really nice way to build some type of retirement savings. Also, uh, for for those that are trying to get out of debt, if you're putting away 5% and then in most 401k funds, you can borrow against it. It's, so if something happens mm-hmm. or an emergency, you most times you can borrow penalty-free. Uh, and it's your money, right? Right. So you you're paying yourself back for it. There is usually some some type of cost that. So you got to look at your phone, okay? Yeah. But the one thing I don't want you to do is is you know get to a place where you don't have reserves for mm-hmm. things because things will happen. Yeah, your refrigerator is going to break. Your kids are going to break your microwave. Like some bill is going to come up. Someone might break an arm and. Maybe your insurance didn't fully cover that. Like right. something's going to happen. You're going to have an emergency. So you may as well plan and prepare for and it now. We had all those things. Yeah. Like you had certain Everything. surgeries. You like, had a surgery. Yeah. Like we were like paying. Like We had braces to like, put on the kids. Like so you name it. All yeah. those things like all were like compounding themselves. Yeah. And so if you can get to a place where you learn how to invest, 401k could be a great way for you to start that. It's pre-tax. It's automated in most cases. Uh, and then you can start look, using that to leverage into other types of investments, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be stock market or, or in, you know index funds or Roth IRAs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I think you have to. I think what, what people are lost is they don't know 
what to do with money. So they just spend it. Right. I think the other thing, though, is like when we say like number one's focus on earning, I think that people, you know, look at their day and they say, well, I work a full time job. That's the most my job's willing to pay me. And so therefore I'm right. stuck. And I get it. Like we've been there. You work 12 hour days if you're in retail like we were and you're working hard for a bonus or a promotion or something like that. But if I really look back, most people, they're working eight hour jobs, which means you probably have another eight hours that you're sleeping and then another eight hours, which is kind of just like up in the air. Right. What are you doing? There's so many ways to have a side hustle, yeah. so many ways for you to incorporate a business, so many ways for you to sell a service. You don't even have to make anything these days. You can just buy something online from China, set up an Amazon store and boom, you've got like an extra side hustle. Yeah, I mean, there is so the key thing, though, is that you have to be willing to learn something new, develop a skill. You have to develop a skill because there is Fiverr, there is like online, um, you know, services that you can provide for people. If you are great at writing, if you're great at administrative work, mm -hmm. like on your days off, organization, yeah, copywriting, you can have a photography, whole, right? So you can have, you can be a contracted worker, you can be an entrepreneur. Like there's something out there. I think you just have to be willing to to set down and say, hey, this may not give us income now, but if I build this skill two or three years from now, this may be another supplemental income to help us get to a place where we right. can, you know, move to buying more property, like move to a place where we get rich in a right. sense, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that that is so important because now we have the technology where you don't have to go anywhere, Yeah. right? So- I think people need to make sure that if they're in a, in a rut right now, are you willing to put in the work that may take you three years to learn a skill for something that's going to pay dividends four or five years, six years from now? Maybe that means you're taking a class in the evening to become an electrician yeah. or a photographer or a cake maker in some cases, right? I couldn't get a job like after we had lost our jobs because the job market was shot. So I started to develop a skill. The skill right. was, hey, I'm really an artist. I'm a creative. I, I'm going to start playing around with cake. Could I make money off of this? I researched the industry. Do I need to go to culinary school? Nope, don't have the money for that. So I want to be clear that none of the advice we're giving you is advice we haven't taken right. or exercised on our own. But I think in today's world, if I had to figure out what am I doing, like right now, if I don't have a job I need to earn, I'm going to probably want to develop a skill like coding or building right. a website or a service that everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. What do entrepreneurs need? They need somebody to design a logo. They need somebody to put together slides to create efficiencies and processes for them. There's so many things that you can do as far as just having a side hustle that I think that we forget that we have the ability to earn. And if you're working in a job where you feel like it's a dead end, start looking. Yeah. Start looking somewhere else. There are so many companies out there right now that are looking to pay for good talent. We went to three places today. We went to go have breakfast this morning. First sign, you walk up to the hostess stand. It says, due to lack of staffing, please bear with us on the wait. Went to eat at a restaurant the other night with a friend. Same thing. Help wanted. We can't find anyone. Please bear with us. Nobody wants to work anywhere, yet we're in debt. We're struggling to pay, make ends meet, and we're upset with people for being able to purchase investment properties. Well, what's so crazy, like right now, for every job, there's for every person, there are two job openings right now in the United States. Mm -hmm. So if you have this a job like you're unhappy with, 
you should This is crazy, that. right? Like right now we have so many people who are choosing to like bow out and not be a part of the workforce. I do think that's going to change. So if you're listening to this now and you're like thinking, okay, how do I make extra money? Like the right now is the time to seize the moment to find a place that's going to pay you more for you, what you do. Um, but what I think is so super important is you just cannot, it's not your job's responsibility to pay you more. Yeah. It's your responsibility to become a person of value and command more. Right. And I hope you get that perspective yeah. shift and change you because I think people are like sitting in front of the fireplace and you're asking for fire without creating the spark. Mm. You got to create the spark. You got to harness the fire. And then from there, that's when you'll get the heat that you're looking for. Yeah. Right. So that's super important. But I do think that what we're telling you now is like if their job is not is, is on an annual review and that's the only time you get a raise, then you need to find a way to create a raise, mm -hmm. right? And so there's so many opportunities out there right now. We just got to get people working. Yeah, you know? I love it. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. If you are looking to make more money or you want to earn, learn some more tips about how we went from bankruptcy to getting our money game in order, then we have a 90-minute money to mastery training. You can go to JanelleCopeland.com. I'll link it in the show notes. It's $29. I think if you are on a budget, you're struggling trying to get paycheck to paycheck or trying to not be check to check, spending $29 is literally three cups of coffee. I think that would be the best investment for you to just start to learn about what you might need to do to tweak some of your money habits. And then guess what? After you spend $29 on that course, which is going to be Eddie and I just kind of talking and sharing and like giving you best practices, we're going to suggest a couple of books that you probably want to download from Audible or go purchase at Barnes and Noble. And those are going to cost a little bit of money too. Those purchases are justifiable. 100%. Like you are trying to earn more. You're trying to learn more and you're trying to expand your horizons. Those are things you should be spending money on. But yeah. if I had a dollar every time someone claimed they were broke, but they get their nails done, <laughs> they're going out to concerts, they're wearing new clothes all the time, taking all these fun Instagram pictures, looking like they're living their best life. I don't want to hear it because we've made sacrifices and it's hard and it sucks and it doesn't feel good. Do what you got to do. Get off of social media. Tell your friends and family like you're in saving mode right now. Get a second job. Do something to hustle. We've all been there, but it's just a matter of like the lifestyle that you're wanting to live versus the lifestyle you're willing to work for. Yeah. Um, that I think kind of convolutes things. So yeah, I hope this episode was helpful. If you have any suggestions or comments, please leave a rating or a review for us. And let's continue this money conversation because I think it's a, a very taboo topic that we need to spend more time talking to each other about and then figuring out how to help each other, right? Yeah. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. All right, push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through